You're listening to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast, a podcast that inspires conscious leaders to live meaningful lives and to get in touch with the deepest parts of the human experience. My name's Chelsea Zerna, and I'm a women's empowerment coach with the mission of rewilding the feminine back into society. Each week, I have a conscious conversation with best-selling authors, inspiring leaders, and spiritual lightworkers who aren't afraid to step into the unknown and explore the greatest truths of life. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast. So this is a very special episode, episode two of season two, and this season is actually going to be a little bit more personal. So the first season of the Chelsea Zerna podcast, I had on experts and coaches and healers from all across the world giving knowledge on their topic of expertise and getting personal with their awakening stories. This season, I'm also going to get very personal with people's awakening stories, but I'm also going to get more vulnerable with my own story. And I'm starting that by bringing on one of my previous partners, Guy, Guy Perdri, and he is a, uh, <laughs> he's living in <laughs> Spain right now. And um, yeah, we, uh, we had a relationship for about, gosh, I don't even know how long. Um, we had a relationship in 20, yeah, in 2019. And, um, and now we're really, really good friends. So, Guy, I keep, yes. I would love to introduce you into the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me here, Charles. It's a, it's a yeah. big pleasure to be here. And especially, I really think we have a lot to share and talk about. Um, and especially, you know, even like, why, why are we recording this? You know, why are we here? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess it's a, that's yeah. no more question. <laughs> why? Why did you contact me? Yeah. Why? <laughs> why did I contact Why did you, you bring me up? Well, <laughs> we talk pretty much daily, but here's the thing. <laughs> yes. I, I, I think that's super unique, right? Like I wanted to get really vulnerable with my podcasts and yeah. part of my vulnerability is saying the things that are like very challenging. And I think we're in a unique situation because we're like really good friends. I still call you babe half the time. And for mm. me, I just love constantly giving you love without needing any sort of um, structure or commitment or attachment around what that is. And, you yeah. know, I think we're both, you know, kind of totally moved on in, in certain ways. And it's so beautiful being remaining in contact to the point where you're still very much, you, we both love each other, um, especially because we were together and dating. And I think most people, when they break up or they uncouple, they stop talking and somebody who you were once best friends with or in a relationship with literally sleeping with sharing energy with like that you no longer talk to and i think that's super unfortunate mm -hmm. i think so too now for example for me with every with all of my ex-girlfriends you know i, I want to be friends with afterwards um and the reason is like why you know a lot of people say hey uh, it makes no sense. Like, why Why would you do that? It's too hurtful. It's too painful. Um, and the way I see it is, like, every relationship has different pillars, right? So, for example, our relationship, we had a part of romance. Uh, we had a part of friendships. We had a part of, like, business partners. Um, we were running, like, a co-living space together. Like, we wanted to do coaching together. So there was a lot of different overlaps. And when you take out the romantic parts, right, 
that's one part that you take out. It doesn't mean that you have to take out the other ones. And here's the thing, like then you need to transition relationships, right? You need to go from this romance to friendship where suddenly there's maybe no physical touch involved anymore, which might be hard, uh, where suddenly you're, you're, you're not living with the person anymore. So you rediscover yourself and you're still attached to that person. So even for us, you know, right now you said that we are able to give each other love freely. And I think that's, that's the perfect summary of like our state right now, which is we can, we love each other. We're there for each other. We want to support each other and we don't have any expectations tied to that love. But that wasn't always the case. And like, especially when, even when we transitioned our relationships, our relationship, there was like a, a, a good month of transition where talking wasn't that easy and reminded, you know, of the past and where we fell back into our past triggers and we, you know, yeah. it takes time to transition. Yeah. And it did take a while. I mean, there was a period of maybe four months where I just couldn't, could not bear talking to you because it hurt so much. And I did go and, through that, that period of just like. Um, I think I was just able to heal. Like, I think okay. I, over time, you know what it was? I came back into my own energy because I think I was starting to get very reliant, almost to a codependent degree on you. I like outsourced my happiness. I was like, oh, I want to wake up and hear from Guy. And then as soon as we transitioned the relationship, it was like, I need to wake up and hear from myself now. It was just different. And part of it was... <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we were living together and then I moved back to the States from Bali. So that, that was challenging because then I had this expectation of, oh my God, he's not next to me when I wake up in the morning. And so my attachment to you actually grew stronger, which almost became clingy. Mm. And I think it made you um, take a step back more. You were like, this is a lot. And for me, as you took a step back, I came closer and then I was losing myself so when we separated, I gained my, my own like empowerment back. And that was when I felt good reaching out to you because I was more of a sovereign human being again. Yes. And, and, and do you know, like, you know, what made that transition? Like, how, how did you come to peace with yourself? How did you, uh, yeah. How did you regain back your own power? How did I heal? I think every single yeah. day I just, you weren't there anymore. And and I had to, it was just like, I, I woke up, I went running again. Like when we were living together, there was a period of time where, because you were still sleeping and I just wanted to like cuddle next to you. And I was just like, good morning. And then I wouldn't go running, but running is what gives me life in the morning. Like if I don't yes. do like a morning routine, I lose myself. Like actually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And th this is the other thing, you know, our relationship was very intense. Uh, we, we met, you know, we met in Barcelona. So when was that? That was 2018, October. No, we met in Estonia in yeah, July <laughs> of 2018. Yeah. We met in July. We lived, yeah, we lived for, together for like good two weeks, um, but yeah. we're just friends. Then. And then we met again in Barcelona where uh, you came and you, we lived together in the same co-living space. And then it was only the last week that that this fire sparked between us then you left then and then yeah. we met again in bali um i was like really looking forward and then we went on this trip for me it changed a lot like just like just at the beginning and then we decided to move in Our together motorcycle and, trip yes love yes. like you you <laughs> shut down your co-living space in barcelona and literally moved to bali because i was gonna move there i had a retreat there right yeah 
Yeah, yeah, let's I say mean, this way. You were definitely statement. part of the decision-making factors. You're not the only one, my dear. But you're, okay. you're definitely still important. You know, you were very important. Yeah. <laughs> and, and especially... A big statement. <laughs> and, I mean, I remember, like, when, when I was going to Bali, I was like, damn, I really, really want to hang, hang out with this girl. Like, you, you sparked so much in me. You sparked fire in me. You made me realize that I was, like, creative. You, you really made me discover different facets of myself. And then when, when we did this, like, 48-hour trip, for like a three-day trip man like i had some big realizations cycle around the like, coast of bali you know, yeah yeah you make me realize that cool you living is my ultimate purpose <laughs> i did it's about connecting yeah. humans and so it was really beautiful and then and so after that we, i opened my new co-living space and you moved in with me and we shared a bed we shared a house like we we shared a life from from yeah from one day to another um yeah and and then something happened, and that, that happens with every relationship, and it's completely normal, which is, and by the way, with any type of relationship too, which is a new person comes into your life, and then you dedicate time and energy to that person, which is not bad, but the only thing is that it takes time and energy away from other things. And the question is, what is this? So for example, with us, you wake up in the morning, you have like, you're full of energy, and then you, go, you, you love to go running, do sports, you have your morning routine, and then you feel incredible. For me. I wake up in the morning and I go chill. I make my coffee. I like, I stretch myself in bed. I'm going to take a very nice hot shower followed by a cold shower. Like I'm going to do my little thing here, you know, like, and then I'm going to go running in the afternoon for like 20 kilometers. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to run a marathon in the middle of the night, which happened multiple times. <laughs> three in the morning and you just ran the top of the mountain. I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole lot of stuff. But but so what what happened here, right? And like what happened here is like you adopted your routine to me because suddenly I was there. He wants to give me love and stuff. So you yeah. stayed in and you cuddled with me. You and of course I did the same. I adapted certain of my routines, of my priorities, and I changed yeah. my priorities. I put you suddenly on top. And what that means yeah. is that if you don't get, you know, happiness from that other person, then then yeah, then you you're not going to get it <laughs> and you're expecting yeah. it. Well, we're, 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 yeah, we're outsourcing our happiness to each other instead of remaining in our own sovereign human being selves, which I think happens a lot. I think that's common. You enter a relationship mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's like, wow, this person's making me happy. And you almost get really comfortable with the fact that they are making you happy. And suddenly if they are not making you happy, you forget what it means to make yourself happy and yeah. I fell into that trap. I'm so good at making myself happy. I really am. But when I'm in a relationship, I like to split the responsibility. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, let's share this. And Wait, I mean? sort of lose myself. What, what do you mean like, when you say split responsibility? Like Split the responsibility of making me happy. Meaning like, I make me happy, you make me happy. And I, I, I share that responsibility instead of just maintaining that with myself. Like I literally... I give you happiness. And so that becomes a priority mm. instead of just, you know, instead of just yes. making me happy. It's almost like I'm making you happy. I'm making me happy. I want to make you happy. I know you're going to make me happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I kind of, yeah. I think it's prioritization. I'm prioritizing you as well. And I wanted to do that. Yeah. And I think there's nothing bad about it. You know, like we find a lot of joy of making other people joyful. And actually like even with, with business, you know, like when I host, for example, a 24 hour virtual ecstatic dance, 
I do it also because like I want, you know, I see people smile. Like, so, (laughs) (laughs) so we, we spend a lot of time and effort, like making other people happy, which is great. The only, the only question is whether we're dependent on those other people to make us happy. Uh, Mm. And, you know, I shared with you a lot that I, one thing I always share is like, I don't want me uh, to be part of your happiness equation. Yes. Uh, and the way I see I see relationships is like or like the way you see, I see life is like it's kind of like a cappuccino, like a latte, you know, with like some whipped cream on top. Like, <laughs> like you should be full. You should be that 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 cappuccino cup, you know. And like all of the love and relationships and everything comes on top. It's a whipped cream. It's amazing, but it's not needed in order to enjoy the coffee. It's it's a, it's an addition. It's the same thing with <laughs> yeah, your happiness. Like you should be able to to be full, to have that, to be that cup, to be yeah, to be happy by yourself and. And of course, yes. and, and and get happiness for other people as well. On top of that, but just on top. Yeah, and this is where we lose ourselves a lot. We, we, we want to get the yeah. happiness from the other person, and then suddenly the other person doesn't give it to us, or like spends less energy and time on us, and we feel we feel neglected. We we feel like we we don't know who we are or where we are and where we're at with that person. Yeah, exactly. And I think we should talk about kind of our relationship structure because. It's different than most people's. Like, we didn't make the assumption that because we were in a relationship, this was going to be the way it was. Like, these were the commitments. We're going to just assume commitment level. We, because I think a lot of couples do that. They enter a relationship and say, great, we're in a relationship. That's what that means. Like, this is what half of the world does. So let's just follow and abide by these guidelines. But and we decided to create our own and be intentional with what was the container we wanted to. Some people could call it open. Some people could call it, you know, we weren't actually super open because we were living together, but we were giving love without expecting it in return and making the choice every single day to love each other and communicating if something, if our needs weren't met. And if that meant that we needed to go dancing with somebody else, we needed to go on a date with someone else, which happened in the beginning, right? We were okay with communicating that. And I think that's important. I think it's really important for people to express the things coming through. Like when you and I first met, we were both kind of dating slightly another person. Like you were going out with, you took that girl Anna out. I took out, or I had an experience with you, Mon, <laughs> a dancing experience. And, um, and it brought up jealousy in both of us which for me was an indicator of like, wow, I actually really like Guy. And it was also an opportunity for you to coach me through the, the emotion of jealousy and possession, uh, possessiveness, which made me very curious about you because I was like, this is so interesting. This is all about growth. And that's what I care about. And I think that right there made growth our priority in our relationship, which was why I was so loving being with you you know okay yes so let's see you touch a bunch a bunch of subjects here (laughs) (laughs) um let's pick them out so you you were you're very right um um, you know when you said that like most relationships like they have clear structures right relationship structures um our our relationship had a structure as well and like the way i see relationships is all about principles every relationship follows certain types of Mm. guidelines or principles uh, sometimes it's very clear. It's like, hey, don't have sex with others. Like, don't come later than 8 p.m. at home. Or let's have X time family dinners. Or, you know, treat me with 
X amount of respect or whatever it is. Um, for us, the, the way I see it, the main principle was open communication. And that means communicating like yes. our needs. Um, we didn't have, we, when we started living together or coming together, you know, we said that we're going to be open in the sense that, you know, we're not tied to any commitments toward each other. Uh, the only commitment we have is like, for example, if we feel sexual towards somebody else or if we, yeah, if we feel that we have a, a, a need that isn't met, that we should express it. And yes. uh, for me, it was a test. I never had a vocally. relationship like that. Vocally, yes. To vocally. express it to each other, yes. Yes, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you can express it to yourself, but it doesn't help much. <laughs> no, no, no. Meaning like it an active expression, step, but... like take action on it. Like we weren't going to take action on it yet. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, it was like the first time I ended such a relationship, like before all of the relationships were very conditional, um, you know, in a sense of the love that I received was conditional upon my behavior. Um, if, you know, if I would have, for example, maybe attractions to somebody else, or if I would have a different need, or if I uh, didn't show as much attention to the other person and suddenly the other person would react. It would be a very reactive relationship. Um, and here, you know, I wanted it to be very open. And as soon as we did have a reaction to communicate it, like I feel X, you know, I feel hurt. Or I feel something because of that happened. Can we walk it through? And then this is beautiful because then relationships turn into pure growth opportunities. Every trigger in a relationship is an opportunity to grow individually, which leads then to collective growth, which is, which is beautiful. And that's why I love relationships. Um, but yeah, but you know, even for us, it, uh, it worked at the beginning, but then we forgot about that. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a blank slate or it wasn't like a golden uh, plate. You know, um, yeah. And, and I'll talk about triggers for sure. Cause this is a whole topic that I think <laughs> was worth Well, I'm really curious about. because, you know, we, you talked about emotions like jealousy and I think that jealousy is one of the, it's unfortunately one of the worst emotions you can feel because it's like. It, it feels horrible, first of all. <laughs> yeah. and, and second, it, jealousy is the fear of losing something in the future. Um, and I remember when we were in Barcelona, you triggered me. I felt jealous for the first time in years because at that time, like, we had this like, beautiful, like, very physical romance with each other and also, also intellectual. And, and then you spend that, that one night, a few hours with this guy in a room, and I thought, like, you guys were, were, were making out or whatever because you did in the past. And I felt jealous. And then I realized, like, why am I feeling jealous? You know, like, first of all, jealousy comes also from the idea that you possess something that you're going to lose. So, like, if that's the case, why do I believe I possess you? Which right do I have to say Chelsea is mine? I have zero right to say that. We never communicated it. You never even said, like, Guy, I'm yours. Yeah. Like, so I could, you know, so the, the, the jealousy was irrational and I could not, I realized that I couldn't have the expectation that you were mine. I couldn't have the expectation that you will date me or fall in love with me or like what, what claims something to me. Yeah. Uh, and so then yeah. I ran half a marathon and <laughs> got, <laughs> got, my, <laughs> got, got my energy levels back to normal and I felt better. And this was like the first week. Yeah. That we, that we yeah, communicated. No. So this was very in the beginning. So that's why this was coming up. And I had made out with that same person like the week prior. So that's why that fear came up. So it was rational. And it was also like um, a fear of abandonment or fear of losing something. It was jealousy and this like, oh, no, is she not going to be there? 
Well, yes. Like, let's let's say this way. I would say like the possibility for you to have made out of that guy was rational, but yes. the fear itself was based on on a belief, on a view of the world in which we will have a future. And I had these expectations yeah. that we're gonna, I'm gonna spend more time with this girl. We're gonna develop our relationship. We're gonna like be in love with each other. And I realized that it's not valid or it doesn't serve me to have that expectation. Uh, and getting rid of it was very liberating. And then I could love you freely. Um, and I yes. think like the actually the least yeah. expectations you have, the more you can give love because your love is not conditional; it's unconditional. The only thing you need to be clear on is like what are the guidelines and principles of this relationship. Yeah. What are you committing to? Exactly. Exactly. I think it's really healthy to choose your partner every single day and to actually make that choice. And I think a lot of people fall into the assumption mm, yes. that the other person's always going to be there and they take it for granted. And yep. I think that's why relationships sometimes the I love you forever till the end of the till the end of time is so rom- it's a romanticized idea because it actually like it's, it's actually more beautiful to be conscious about making the choice every single day. And I think that's what you and I were doing. And there were points when I was very triggered and it didn't work out the most beautiful way. And I think that though, I think our triggers, I know that our triggers are places where we haven't healed our pain. And Guy, you taught me how to unconditionally love in this relationship. Like this is the first relationship where I unconditionally loved somebody and mm. it was it was because you witnessed me and my triggers and you created space and you allowed me to express myself and then i was able to heal and not become more reactive and shut down and at the end of the day you just smiled at me and you loved me <laughs> and you hugged me like every time i was upset i'd be so pissed off and you would give me that smile and you'd be like chelsea and you'd give me a big <laughs> hug and then i'd forget why i was mad and i'm like uh, it was still there but i realized it was never about you it was always about me like mm. when i was being triggered i realized you were just coming from unconditional love every time and i was like why am i mad at him and then i brought it back to myself and i was like this is something that I haven't handled yet. This is something I haven't dealt with yet. And so like that healed me. And that is what made me realize what my purpose is in this world or my why. I already knew my purpose. I just didn't know why. And you helped me uncover that. And that's a whole nother story about my relationship with my mother and the similarities that you and my mother held, which fueled the reason I even became a coach. So like dating you helped me uncover my why in life. <laughs> and what is your, if you can, just, what is your why in a sentence? And versus your purpose? To rewild the feminine. That's my mission. And okay. my why is like okay. mental health. Like mental health is a huge, a huge thing for me. And both you and my mom kind of went through these bouts of depression. And I was learning how to love and not judge depression, which for me, my whole life, I grew up wanting to kind of, help my mom and kind of, I wouldn't say fix, but there was a part of me that just wanted a solution, right? Like, I want to make you better. I love you so much. And, and when you had those spouts of depression and, you know, some of the mornings I'd wake up like ready to, you know, me run the marathon and you would be like, I just feel really tired. And like, that was so painful. And I was like, what can I do? And instead of trying to fix it, I just wanted to give you love. I just wanted to love you. And I learned unconditional love. I learned unconditional love. There's so many things, but that was another thing. I learned to love it 
and not fix it, which was so huge for me. Mm, and I yeah. and I think you made a comment. You were like, Chelsea, you know, you can see people where they are. You see people where they're, uh, you see where people are going really easily. Um, but I see people where they are. And you taught me to see people where they are. Hmm. Yeah. And it reminds me of uh, one of my other ex-girlfriends. She reminded me that like, you don't love people despite their their weaknesses or or defaults but in spite of them you know and mm-hmm. uh, so there's this one book that we listen to both together influence us a lot um your brain on love by mm-hmm. i forgot the, i forgot forgot the author's name um and in this book i learned about the fact that like relationships are based on principles and that you need to be aware of them um and the the other thing it taught us is also like people have different ways to react right um, so you yeah. have to attachment styles. Have, yes, it's mostly also due to like upbringing and stuff. But basically, you have like three typologies. Uh, the one is the island typology. So those are people who usually sometimes were like reject most mostly rejected by their parents who grew up mostly by themselves. And so when they get triggered, the way they react to a situation is they withdraw. Um, mm-hmm. Then you have the other type, which is the waves, uh, which is more your category, for example, where it's mostly also <laughs> from an yeah. upbringing perspective, it's like you had love a lot from one parent and not a lot, and you, the other one, like not too much, or the other one was tough on you. And so you develop this relationship whenever you get triggered that you want validation um, mm-hmm. and you want to be seen. And the third typology is where I fall. How do you call them again? The third, the third one? Yeah, islands, waves. Anchor and. and- we all have we all have a bit of an anchor and we all have a little bit of the other so you have a little bit of of island mostly anchor yes and anchor is mostly like you just like well let it pass like through time right um and the worst thing for anchors is when you have a a secure attachment from both parents so both of your parents like equally loved you and you don't necessarily when there's a fight you don't necessarily fall into a fear response of needing space or needing closeness you're just able to create space. Yes. <laughs> Wait, do you mind? Can you just give me 30 seconds somewhere? What are you so, doing? Uh, I was rolling a cigarette. Give me Love. a second. I <laughs> knew it. Oh my God. <laughs> so let's talk about that. So this was one of my triggers in our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <All right. laughs> you're literally rolling a cigarette on right. our podcast. <laughs> all right cool let's go into it <laughs> that yeah so when we like, started okay. dating babe when we started dating i he was like i want to i want to give up cigarettes and i'm like okay let me help you and he literally just kept doing it and doing it and i'm like do you like i don't understand do you want me to help you do you not want me to help you and then i would get pissed about it because i'm like you know, me over here, I have like such strong boundaries. And Gee, the reason I love you so much is because you're just open and boundaryless and just like a free little butterfly. And, <laughs> and it makes it challenging to have boundaries and like agreements with yourself. Mm. And so this was definitely a trigger for me. And well, the, the, the yeah. trigger for you is also you get triggered a lot also because of your, your history with with your mom and like seeing depression and you yeah. you care a lot about people caring about themselves that's what you care yes. about you know you want really people to be happy about self-care exactly I do. and self-care is so important and i just like naturally i'm just so caring and when i see someone that's not i'm like i yeah when you saw I'm, me smoking you had judgment against it 
until you learn yeah. to love me in spite of that um, and for the other qualities that I have and, and the thousand other gifts so maybe not thousand but you know ten plus for sure <laughs> ten thousand <laughs> so yeah and and here again this is where you know um, it's just one trigger out of thousands that you can have in a relationship because suddenly so many things get merged your your habits get merged you you, you, yeah. you become very vulnerable in any way and you know maybe it might piss me off that you put your feet on the table <laughs> and then and then I have two ways to re to to act on that reaction like or I react and I'm like I maybe get angry or I take your feet off or whatever it is or I look inside I'm like I realize that trigger and maybe I communicate it to you I'm like wow uh, it makes me angry that your feet are on the table. I wonder why. And we can maybe talk it out, figure out where it comes from, figure out where maybe maybe it's yeah. not good to have feet on the table, but still I shouldn't react angrily. I can still just express how I feel yeah. without any anger behind my voice. And I, and I will just say, you didn't get triggered very much at all. You're, you were more on a journey and a battle against yourself. Like your whole journey was just like, I got this. And it was that, that whole journey. My journey was more of the external triggering. And through that whole experience, I was able to heal so much to the point where now when I get triggered, I, cause I still get triggered now, but it's way less. It's way less. And now I, I become more of an observer and now I can nice. do it within like, I don't know, maybe it depends how extreme it is, but maybe 10 minutes to an hour where I just have this like pain or this like hurt or whatever it is or this anger. And then I'm like, okay, let's dive in. Where is it coming from? And then I actually tackle the root of it. And that has led to the biggest personal growth in my life. Like literally every single thing in our life, every single person that we come across is a mirror to us. And we experience life as a mirror for our own reality. We have our own perception of reality. And anything that happens to us is happening as a way for us to heal from it. And so now when things happen, which you taught me in, inadvertently, just by you being you, I was able to, now I'm able to take a step back, create space for myself and look at where the root of that is coming from. And I've been able to personally grow and grow my clients because of that. Yes. I think relationships is one of the best ways that we can grow ourselves. We can discover our purpose because it brings up our deepest pain. And I showed you more of myself than I've showed most people. Like, obviously, I have best friends. They know everything about me. A lot of my previous lovers. But the majority of the population doesn't trigger the same things in me because I'm deeper with you than I am with them. Like, I show you more of myself. And therefore, I reveal more of my pain to you mm. it's super interesting uh, it's super interesting because i mean yes like myself uh i think that like the, the best one of the best indicators for growth is pain right so whenever you feel any type of pain anger jealousy whatever it's an indicator for like oh there's something here let's tackle it um and that's that's where relationships can be very powerful um but yeah I lost my stream of thoughts, Charles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh my gosh, well, you're amazing. <laughs> yeah. You. Appreciate you. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I appreciate you. And, you know, I'll just say that when we, I think we could talk about unconscious coupling a little bit because after the relationship ended, we both went through periods of I needed space, maybe you needed space. Actually, you really didn't. You were fine. And I was actually angry because you were yeah. so fine. I'm like, do you not love me? <laughs> like, why is this so easy for you? I was pissed. I was like, I'm over here hurting in pain and you're fine. And I took it as a sign of like, he didn't love me as deeply as I loved him. And I was still in that pattern of needing love without just giving it. And you were like, listen, I love you no matter what kind of attachment container commitment we're in. And I'm like, no, I was so hurt by it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's another thing, you know, like, and, and the reason I think why it happens is because when we start a relationship, we're like this open relationship, but we've said this main principle of open communication. Then what happened is we moved in together. So we were kind of explicit um, the way we lived. To me, in my mind, I was still open, but I just didn't have any desire for somebody else. You were around me the whole time. I chose you, like I wanted to be with you. But then what happens is like, yeah, me too. You get into. Um, and I think it was more from your side, but you you confuse how you live with your principles or with what's behind it. It's not because you live together and share maybe your entire life together that you're actually explicit. Maybe you're still open, but you just have this, com- this principle of open communication. And maybe if I was told you, oh, I feel like something sexual for the other person, it would have just disappeared by just talking about it. And just by also knowing that, oh, I'm free yeah. to go after it if I want yeah. to. Uh, you know, feeling free in relationships yeah. is really important. A lot of people like feel stuck to their commitment something like, oh, but I, I yeah. wish I could. Uh, and maybe you have the allowance, maybe you can. And if you can, which you that's actually where do resentment it? builds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When our relationship ended, what happened was I was, you know, I, I didn't really change my mindset during the relationship. So I was still like open and I didn't expect a future with you. I was like testing our relationship. I love you for who you are, but you know, we're both in in times of our lives where we're like finding ourselves uh, not very stable either, right? Neither like financially nor emotionally. Like we're going through this whole thing of like, who are we? How do we want to spend our time on earth? How are we going to m- make ourselves also like a, a financial income that can give us a, a good lifestyle? And yeah, and so for me, I didn't change much, you know, when, when the relationship was over and when we realized, hey, it's better for you to go back to Atlanta. And for me, I felt like we're stagnating. Uh, it wasn't hard to accept that because I saw it coming. Um, I guess for you it was harder because probably you didn't see it coming and you also didn't see the after effects coming of like still being attached, etc. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's I saw it coming or not. I think we both made the decision together. It wasn't like anything was... Yeah, I feel like I just... When I moved back, um, it wasn't the same. Like, it was... I maybe I had the expectation that we would still be just as close. And maybe that's what I didn't see coming was mm. the fact that when we're not actually waking up together, our relationship does. Yes. Shift. It was just something that I wasn't used to. And, and he, we didn't yes. transition that very well, in my opinion. Like I just felt, yeah. Yeah. And here's the other thing. Yeah. That brings in the notion of primary relationships, right? So while we're dating, we were the primary relationship. Whenever I had a problem, I would mostly talk to you about it. So like, you know, we're shameless of the time. And suddenly, then you moved to the States, I was still in Bali, and so we didn't see each other. And even though we moved out of our romance relationship, we still wanted, or you still wanted me to be the primary relationship. But I saw coming like it wasn't possible. 
um, because like you're gonna surround yourself with somebody else that's gonna become the primary relationship. For me, it was then it turns to be Renat again, my best friend, right? So it shifted because I suddenly lived with him and like I would spend time with him, and that's completely normal. Like dynamics and relationship change, and and I think what's important to couples is is the notion of primary relationship. It's not so much, you know, does it like even in an open relationship, like going off, like having experiences with other people. It's it can be fine, especially if it doesn't hurt the fact that it's the primary relationship remains stable. And what a lot of people fear, for example, in an open relationship is that you meet another person that you see again and again and again. And then not only do you become like emotional for the person, that's not so much the issue. The issue is that the priorities change. This new person will become the primary relationship and the other person won't be anymore and won't have another one. Um, and I think that's a lot of, that's a fear that a lot of people have to not be primary anymore. Absolutely. That's definitely a, that's definitely a thing for me, especially I really, really value companionship. Yes. In which, and, which sense can you explain? Um, I love, I loved when we were primary partners. Like, I think that's important to distinguish. You can still date someone and not be their primary partner. Yeah. Meaning like if you work for 80% of your day, most likely the person you're working with is your primary partner because you're spending more time with them than you're spending with your own significant other. Yeah. And that's really important to acknowledge that I actually want to not only date someone, but be their primary partner. Like the person that they confide in with everything, not just someone that they come home to at the end of the day and they have a shared bank account. That's not exciting yeah. to me. Right. Like, I, yeah. yeah. Like I want to be that primary partner. And when that shifted, there was some disappointment because I had an expectation of that. And that's when I was like, this doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel good. And we either needed to transition into something that did or just transition completely into uncoupling. And for me, because I was, I needed to, I needed something you weren't able to give. And it felt better for me to just transition the relationship completely than to try and make it something that I knew it wasn't going to fulfill my needs. Yes. And even since then, our relationship has changed too, right? We, when we saw each other, we were still romantic towards each other uh, and sexual. Um, and yeah, and yeah, and our relationship got better. Yeah, it has, it has. And I, you know, at the beginning, probably you made the decision you had. It's like, okay, now I'm gonna put some clear boundaries, and it's gonna help me. And then even, and then you healed from even that, and being able to overcome that, and not even needing those boundaries anymore to be good with me. Uh, and in my presence. And then when we saw each other like a year afterwards, it was amazing, you know, even if, if it was just for a couple of days. And we retained this friendship, this openness, this love. And we haven't seen each other for like, what, six months? I don't know. But, you know, it's uh, it doesn't matter. Like, you're, you're yeah. still super important to me and you're a dear, dear friend. And right now I'm in a different romantic relationship. You are, I'm not sure if you are trying or if you are, but <laughs> I guess you well, let's talk about this in a second. Um, but... <laughs> well no it's just let's just say it's complicated <laughs> yeah yeah no let's say it this way i didn't want to talk about names uh, you know even for me i don't want to drop names of like other ex-girlfriends or whatever or future ones but um the one question i had for you is like yeah after going through this experience with me or actually regardless of that um how are you going to now approach relationships differently um yeah and maybe especially yes. how are you doing it right now and how are you not succeeding in it right now too? Mm, such good question. Yes, I know. It's podcast wow. material. I just want to say that I realized, oh, I'm on a podcast. So. 
You are. Yeah, this is, this is, we're, we're recording live. Um, no. So yeah, these are great questions. Um, so I, I, I've had an encounter recently with someone who was like a combination of you and my previous partner. And that's yes. what I wanted. I was like, if I could put you both together, that's my ideal. <laughs> like, that's what I want universe. And this person came into my life, but he came into my life and I totally lost everything that you and I had, like all the principles that I had developed with you, like unattachment and really being, you know, not having a result, not needing anything. I totally was just like, I love this person. I want to be with them. And I created so much pressure that I totally pushed that connection away. And then I had to come back into my own self and remember everything. And then like, kind of like create this loving him without needing anything back, which actually sparked more of a connection between us. So I'm still, so I'm, I'm literally in this situation right now. So that's why I'm just like not wanting to go too deep into it. Um, but I, I think what I will carry with me going forward is the idea of loving someone without needing anything from them. It's like not needing anything outside of myself and just like seeing somebody that I love and just wanting to give them love and just, just wanting to be that for them. Um, and also being very cognizant of how I define the commitment and not just assume the container. And I realized that I don't want to be in an open relationship, but I really want open communication and I really want freedom. And I want to be super expressive in the way that, uh, and I am, I'm a dancer, right? I'm always dancing. So I want like whatever container it's in, I know that I want to be able to just freely dance without any sort of, uh, boundary. Like I just want to dance and be in my own energy. And, and, and I think every single relationship, every single person is different. And I think it's really important to define that with the partner. Like, what do we want this container to look like? Like, what is it that we really want from each other? Yeah. Especially like, you know, in the next few years, like I, I could see myself settling down, like having kids mm. And I want to be in a container with somebody and like really build that, but not just assume that it's the same as what everyone else is doing. Yes. I want to be so intentional with it and base it on deep principles. Yeah. And especially like you, you can't also assume that your container is the same as the one of the other person. Um, and that's why you have to communicate exactly. about it. Because if not, you're never going to find what's inside the other's box, you know? So that's really yes, important. Exactly. I'm really curious. So, you, you know, you want to live, like you, you want to approach relationships according to those new principles. Um, how are you seeing? Like how is how are you seeing it not succeed right now? Like do you still have certain triggers around something? And if yes, like how were you able to resolve them? Yeah, I think abandonment is still a trigger. Like there's mm -hmm. something in there that still is triggered when someone isn't like, yes, I want to be with you. It's like I kind of come closer, and I'm actually like, I'm actually. And I, and I feel like this week I experienced that. And I went through a, a stage where I realized that I was, again, prioritizing the person, outsourcing my happiness, and getting caught up into that person versus being in my own, like knowing that I make me happy and prioritizing myself. Because whenever I do that, that's when the best things happen. Yes. Like when I put myself, and I know it sounds crazy, but when I am prioritizing my own self-care, my own needs... And I'm just giving that other person love. That's when the best relationship um, sparks from that. Of course, that. because you are yourself. Yeah, you are yourself and people love you for who you are. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And I'm not trying to, 
it fulfills their needs. I'm just doing my own thing and knowing that they are capable of fulfilling their needs. And if they're not, they need to figure that out with themselves and not outsource it onto me. And so it's like just being sovereign, like me giving my needs to myself, them giving their needs to themselves, and then like loving me giving them love without expecting it back, them doing the same thing. And in that, because we're operating autonomously, we are actually meeting each other's needs and we are kind of not prioritize. We're prioritizing ourselves and in that um, giving each other what we need. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And that's, that's what we talked about before. The fact that like most people when they enter relationships, they merge too much. They merge too much of their routines, of their personalities. And which eventually after a couple of months or years, you know, you look at the other person, you're like, who is this person? Why am I in love with her right now? I was in love with her at the beginning, mm-hmm. but am I in love with the person who is in front of me right now? Or am I in love with an image I have, a, I have of that person? Uh, I used to be a lot and yes. I, I used to be a lot in love with images you know people of like of memories of like how people were six months ago not how they're right now in front of me but I try to keep maintain that illusion so that I didn't have yes. to confront it and with the potential risk to lose a relationship um, yeah yeah and actually I think it's really common to attach to the story yeah the storyline sure. that we've created or the storyline that we've built in the beginning and not be in the present and not say this is what it is in this moment versus holding on to a past memory or a past experience and just like attaching to the stories versus like acknowledging the present moment. Exactly. And one thing I want to touch on, you said that last week you, you experienced abandonment. I want to kind of clarify that because I feel that abandonment is not exactly what happened. It's a feeling that you had. Because uh, you weren't abandoned, the guy got back to you, but just like a day later, right? Or two. Um, <laughs> so you weren't really abandoned. What you experienced was you know me so well. <laughs> what you experienced was lack of attention, and lack of attention to yes. you felt like abandonment. Um, yeah, and it triggers yes. past experiences yes. where also when you needed somebody's love or attention, you didn't get it, and you felt abandoned. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. What do you think? Babe, you get me. <laughs> On points. Touché, as we say. That's in what France. I think. Touché in France. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, oh gosh. I, yeah, I would say that you're right. It wasn't necessarily abandonment, it was lack of attention. And this is something that um, it has been coming up. Uh, you know, that always is something that comes up for me is just kind of feeling like, oh man, like, I'm not, I'm not feeling seen in this situation. And actually like the person was, he was totally seeing me, totally loving me, like constantly saying like, love you. Like, and, and I also want to preface this by saying we are like absolutely not dating. This is just someone that I have a very strong attraction to that. You know, there's a lot of like love sparks from past lives for sure. Definitely with what this person in the past life, definitely know him intimately, like very intimately. But in this lifetime, that's not the case yet. <laughs> so I'm just, um, I'm, I'm, I'm witnessing the things that are coming up and noticing the triggers and what still isn't healed. So that's definitely one of them for sure. Mm, that's so funny. And so, you know, you, you said just before, like we, we get a lot of touch with stories that we tell ourselves, right? So for example, like I meet somebody like, like you, for example, like I met you and man, like you were this like joyful girl, like jumping around, creating cool shit, like, uh, you know, always down to do things, uh, sporty. And then 
you keep that image or that story, right? Even if maybe like right now the relationship doesn't go well and there's actually a lot of like tensions and, and resentment and, and you still keep that story because you really want that person to be that person for you. Um, and I mentioned that also because like you're also telling yourself one story, uh, which I mean, the story, like, uh, which is, you know, that you also met that person in a past life. <laughs> like I, I'm calling just this out because like, uh, you know, for me, I don't, I don't believe in past life myself, I know. <laughs> which is totally fine. That's also a belief to not believe, right? I'm not saying anybody's right. Come on. <laughs> but no, no, I'm really yeah. saying I'm not saying anybody's right. But it's more about realizing that those beliefs will have also an influence on how we see that person. Even myself, the fact that I don't believe in anything from the past will make me see the person in a different way. I'm not going to try to analyze patterns so much. Uh, maybe you know and and so yeah yeah you know this is another good point too because um this was a big principle in our relationship is remaining unattached to belief systems and a big trigger for you was astrology like I'm obsessed with astrology and like hyper spiritual hyper woo woo and you are like super intuitive super conscious but have absolutely no attachment to any belief system, which is triggering for both of us in ways. Cause it's like, I want to sit there and talk to you about like the stars mm. and the collective consciousness energy and how we're all being impacted. And for you, you're like, all right, you go off on your little storylines. And we were able to love each other through these, I will call them annoyances, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now, uh, I'd love to correct you just on one thing, on two things, actually. First, I have belief systems myself. I think everybody has belief systems. Uh, I just have different ones that do not include, for example, the belief... Well, let's say it this way. that does not see astrology as uh, so influential that I need to be aware of it. Um, but... The other thing is, it's not that I'm against astrology. And in fact, there's a really high chance that uh, astrology ha is based on certain fundamental principles that influence each other. Um, it's more about the fact that like, when people are so sure about their belief systems that they spread them without doubting themselves or without having in mind the possibility that they are wrong. And that's what scares me. And so for me, what scares me more is yeah. when yeah. To me, because that feels to me very, yeah, it's actually unconscious. Because for me, I, I include the possibility that astrology might reign in the world, even if it's a very tiny possibility, and that's why I don't think it's the case. But it might be. Uh, that's why I'm, it's, I'm not atheistic, I'm agnostic. And atheism has the same problem with any type of religion, which is blind certainty. Uh, and so that scares me. That scares me. That's, that's, that's where, for me, I get triggered I still don't know why this is really one of my big triggers. Uh, it really is. Like when people are so sure of themselves, and, um, you know, and it turns into a religion, even though they don't call it this way. And I, I don't actually know why I get triggered for that. That's a, it's a very inter inter yeah. interesting question. It's a very interesting question. Well, <laughs> we could have a whole other podcast on that, but I have a lot of theories I'd be on that. <laughs> I'd be super down to have a whole lot of podcasts on like belief systems, you know, and then we can... Especially here, we, we know each other's opinions. It's going to be like yeah. very contradictory compared to like this podcast, which was very uh, emerging and healing too. You know? I, I love talking about this totally. with you about it. Uh, yeah. Oh, healing. And Me too. I really hope that so a lot of people... And it's so cool that... Yeah, and I really hope that, you know, listening to this podcast, whoever you are, uh, you know, 
it's uh, just uh, just see what resonates with you and it's really hard to change also relationships from like A to Z you know like when especially when things go down but sometimes there's like one or two main issues or main triggers that need to be resolved that take away you know 80% of of all problems and I think figuring those out you know if, if Charles if we would have figured out you know how to yeah how to not react um, when we're triggered or like um, you know like how to communicate about our sexual desires for other people uh, I think like two or three main things or problems that we had if we would have removed them and resolved them our relationship would have been way better and maybe like not have gone through like down periods as ours had so you know but I, I will say that I would not have I would not be the person that I am today without all of the pain that it did bring. 100%. Like, I mean, not that the relationship was painful, but those triggering moments were moments where I was not healed. And so I, it was so healing for me to go through that. Maybe not, you know, I probably could have reacted a little bit better um, and not caused so much hardship through it. But I, I would not take it back personally because it was so needed and I had a lot of healing to do I didn't even know what healing was back then really I was like why does everyone need to be healed why are all these people broken and then I was like it's not healing in the way that I think it's healing this is like an emotional storyline that was triggered before I was age seven years old and whatever it is you know that that still left um scars and there's a little bit of um we all have these we all have parts of ourselves that we need to heal so yeah. bringing it back to the people listening, like part of the reason that we're all in relationships is so that we can become better people and triggers will always come up in a relationship. And actually I think it's a sign of growth yeah. and I think it's amazing to enter a relationship knowing that you're there to grow through this mirror in front of you and you're going to make each other better. And if you can come out of it on the other side, even if it doesn't end in marriage, it doesn't mean it's not, a, it doesn't mean it's a failure. It means you have an opportunity in that moment. You have a choice. You're either going to cut that person out of your life. You're going to heal in the way that we did, or you're going to come back together and consciously uncouple and then reform and re and transition the relationship into a friendship, which I think is beautiful because then you can have a conversation like this and talk about what went right and what went wrong. And then you have an entire second level of growth. Cause it's like, Hey, like, Holy like, yeah. gee, I'll call you. And I'll be like, you know, like, Hey, I'm seeing this guy. I literally asked you last week or a couple weeks ago, what made you re like have this opinion when I did that? What made you not feel free when we were together? And I'm able to now ask you, someone who knows me romantically, the questions that I'm experiencing in future relationships, which I don't think people do yeah. ever. And that's so crucial. Yeah. And especially you know? like, even me, like I can, you know, I know you really, really well. So I can call you out when you're like going up to something and maybe it doesn't make too much sense, you know, or, you know, calm you down because I know, I, I know what you care about and, and how you can, you know, you know, feel loved again. So all of these things like are amazing. And, and, and that's why like for me, I, I feel so, this, I feel sad uh, when you're not able to come at peace with the other person. Um, and when a, a past relationship is just like needs to be forgotten or can't be like, or where the beauty of the past relationship can't be seen. Yes. Um, 
Yes. Now exactly. this also needs to make a difference. Like sometimes people can't see the beauty of the past relationship. They just can't deal with the pain of still being with that person. Um, but one more thing, you also said that, you know, relationships bring out the best out of each other. And I think that, I think that's what they're meant to be. And I also think that when people fall in love, what, what happens is that they also fall in love with the best part of themselves. Because what happens is you meet this person and, and you know, like for me, I met you and I was like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. Like she's this like really, really cool person. And I wanted to be my best self, you know, so, and I was, and I felt so empowered and I felt amazing. And, and so I, f I fell in love also with that part of me. And when you fall out of love, you also fall yeah. out of love with yourself, often for forgetting yourself. Yeah. And as relationships grow and you're not always showing the best parts of yourself, sometimes there's an attachment to the old version of the relationship because you are both entering the relationship with the best parts of yourself. Yeah. So there's so many phases of a relationship where you're learning to love all parts of the other person. And then even when you break up or uncouple, you're also learning to love, you're basically learning to love the present moment, no matter what experience you're having and just not seeing it as a failure or a success, but seeing it as every single part of this experience is here for us to learn. Like we're learning how to be the best versions of ourselves. We're learning to heal through our triggers and we're learning how to love somebody even when they don't love us back or even when we're feeling pain. Like this is a journey of unconditional love. How the hell can we love unconditionally even when it doesn't feel good, right? Like that's that's the beauty of this whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, I really hope. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope that, you know, and the thing is like even if, if you know, like even if you are right now in a position where there's maybe a partner you didn't make peace with or you didn't talk to for years and it didn't end up well you know like for me one thing i was very grateful last year was i was able to see all of my ex-girlfriends again a part of the first one um here like it didn't end up well and she just ignores me so i can't do much and we don't have much in common anymore um no judgment but that's just how it is but everyone else yeah. i'm friends now um I, part of one where we were and I was able to see her again and then after that um, the level of there was no much not much level of commitment and I guess we just had still different individual paths to go through um, which I don't know yeah that's kind of like the only yeah. it's not a regret but it's mm -hmm. I guess the only relationship I wish I could have healed a bit more um, and that's okay I guess it did yeah so, you know, so for you. everyone yeah. listening to this podcast Yes, Guy, mm, thanks beautiful. so much for doing this. I know this is super vulnerable for both of us, and I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I write about it on social media sometimes, not mentioning names, but and, we all and, know who yeah, it is. Yeah, for myself, I've never really talked <laughs> about relationships. I, I remember I actually did publish a relation, a video on relationships, and that was when I saw one of my ex-girlfriends, and she was filming me, and I was giving like a three-minute video on today. I saw my ex-girlfriend and blah, 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 and people who like, um, you know, I explained like, the beauty about still being able to be friends and having a good time and when Barcelona and just going around and reconnecting was amazing. And yeah, people who understood the joke, of course, realized that it was my ex girlfriend filming. Um, and yeah, I think those times are amazing. So <laughs> anyways, I, uh, I lost my stream of thought. My yeah. friend, thank you for having me here. Um, <laughs> I really, yes. and just to wrap this up, yeah. 
Well, just for everybody listening, I just think that um, we can just kind of end with a message. So, Guy, if you had one message that you would say is the the best piece of advice or the best principle or the best um, statement that you could pass on to other people who are maybe experiencing um, a place where they haven't been able to do this, what would you say to them? Can you just clarify what you mean with... Uh experiencing a place where they haven't been able to do this? They haven't been able to consciously uncouple. How would yes. you, what piece of advice or just people that are in relationships that are not open with communication? All right. So I guess these are two different things. Um, let, let's see. Kona. <laughs> like the main one I would have said, but it's kind of a very general one is that, you know, uh, learn to see relationships and triggers, especially as an opportunity for growth and not for a reaction. Um, now for, for the, for people who had to break up instead of, of transitioning relationships, um, or unconscious, unconscious uncoupling, as you call it. Um, well, here I'd say like, first of all, in order to make peace of the other one, you need to make peace of yourself. Um, and you need to let go of judgment of resentment that you have against the other person. That's, the fundamental first one. You need to love the other one unconditionally because and in spite of everything that happened, the good and the bad. Uh, and then, yeah, and then trying to share those feelings to the other person. And if the other person is at the same stage, or like maybe you can bring a person to that stage, that's amazing. Um, and for people who are in current relationships, the, I guess the main thing, and that's the, the main challenge I have myself, is like how to prioritize the other person without deprioritizing your own needs and mm-hmm. finding that balance between remaining yourself meaning continuing your continuing your activities your dreams like you're, you're doing the things that you love doing while also building a strong relationship including the other person into your relationship and finding a balance between you know making yourself happy and finding happiness and spending time with the other and yeah, that's a, that's the main challenge. Yeah. You just have a just having the awareness that this that there is a danger that you merge identities too much is very important to have. Uh, knowing that, and then you can you can you can realize whenever you you maybe stop working and actually just spend time with the other person or or change your your habits, even your eating habits, simple things like me. Um, I don't have breakfast. I usually eat around 4 p.m., but my current girlfriend does. And, or, yeah, and she currently does. And so, like, whenever she offers me, sometimes I'm tempted. So, but then it brings me out of my flow and in my energy states. So I had to learn to, you know, to say no. And, and she had to learn also, like, to, you know, to, to accept it now. <laughs> and, yeah, so just realizing whenever you change your habits, whenever you change your personality, it's fine, but just until when, where do you want to go and what do you want to reclaim back? Remember, the other person fell in love with you because of you. Um, so be yourself and be authentic. And I think that two people being authentic, being full, can bring on much more together than people who are half empty. Mm, so good. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate that.